the only thing that was hyper important for, for us at that time was like to define what are the ICPs and exactly understand what are the kind of companies that we believe are going to be linked with the Spendesk vision. that helps you open and thrive in foreign markets. This is Tiff here speaking, and today I'm very pleased to welcome Anna Zekri. Anas is a senior account executive and country launcher for the Spanish market for Spendesk. Spendesk is a French scale-up, and they are generating more than 1 million euro of annual recurring revenue today in Spain. And Anas will tell the story of how they signed their first 40 customers in 12 months with very little investment. You can expect to hear some actionable ideas and tips to help you get more meeting through Albon Outreach on that market. Let's crack on. Hi, Anas. Thank you so much for joining International Corner. So happy to have you here for this episode about opening Spain and, and what you guys have done uh, with the Spendesk. How, how are you doing? Well, good. Thanks. Um, hi, everybody. Hi, Tiffen. Thanks a lot for the invitation. I mean, it's a real pleasure to be here for you. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. You know, uh, mid of uh, summer. So like everybody else, I think I'm writing for, for holidays after like having like a lot of work to do here since the beginning of the year. So I'm good. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's correct. That at the time that we're recording this podcast, it's uh, the end of July. So we're all yeah. waiting for our vacation to come. There are much going to be welcome <laughs> here. Need, need to reboot. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, thanks for making time. And perhaps before going into the topics of today, could you start by introducing yourself to the audience, a little bit about your role and, and Spendesk? Yeah, sure. So, um, so my name is Anna Zekri. I'm working at Spendesk uh, since like pretty much four years right now. Um, I started as a bid year, you know, uh, like a lot of uh, sales, you know, at the beginning of the career is the, is the first steps to do. Um, and right now I'm a senior account executive, um, both in the French market, but I'm mainly now like handling the Spanish market. So, so it's a long story, the Spanish market at, at Spendesk. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much, uh, what, what I'm doing and to give you, a bit more of information about what Spendesk do. So we are a fintech company. We are the 26 unicorn in France. Um, and uh, the purpose of Spendesk is pretty much to remove the asset of payment at work. So um, to centralize everything on a single platform and to um, be uh, very like transparent, uh, whether it's for like the operational team or to the finance team in order to have like the best and the uh, most fluent process we can have uh, um, when it comes to uh, professional spending. Amazing. And that's true that when you talk to me about the story and you probably like tell us more uh, about it, like the like the story with the Spanish market has been uh, quite a journey, should I say, maybe. Yeah. But perhaps if we just to give a little bit more context when it comes to, I would say, the international scope of Spendes today, can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about where they are at, like how many markets, which markets uh, you guys are in as we speak? Yeah, so uh, actually Spendesk, so Spendesk is a French company based in France, 100% French from Paris, three French co-founders. 
but since day one, we had like that vision to go abroad and to and to go to the different markets. So very quickly, I think pretty much one year after the launch of Spendesk, we started like the opening of the German market and the UK market. So those are like right now the three main uh, market that we have: the UK, the Germany, and France. And right now we are also based uh, in Spain, in the US, in San Francisco, and we're also like uh, launching the opening of the Italian market. Okay, so. I would say at this stage the internationalization is pretty mature at Spendesk uh, yeah. as we as we speak. I don't know if you have any numbers like turnover or the proportion, you know, of like how much the international sales represent compared to the French sales. I don't know if you can share those kind of numbers, but that, that's always also helpful to put things in perspective. Well, French remain. It's important to say that the, the French remain our, our main market. You know, our, our HQ, our, our boss there, uh, and uh, it, it's still the first market uh, which bring the most revenue at the company, etc. But okay. right now, I mean, the, the the German market and the UK market are the two ones that are very well developed and very mature, as you were saying. Um, I believe, like, let's say if we talk about like sales specifically. We have about like 50% of the sales team based in France and then the 50 other percent, uh, it's wow. based in the different other, other markets. Okay. Okay. So even the team already, like it's quite spread out and you guys are really betting on this international expansion yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in Berlin and the UK, we already have like offices over there. I mean, it's really core market now for us, uh, with the sales dedicated team, a product team, the marketing team. So um, we started with the sales team, of course, to launch the market, and we have done pretty much the same in Spain. And then we add like the the different other positions that are like hyper important, like to to develop the market and to be very precise. Each market have its own specificity. So if you are not like um, uh, if you're not able, you know, to to match with this specificity, uh, it, it's almost impossible to develop the market. So um, so in order to do that, you, you need to have like other um, uh, I mean other team uh, other than the sales team. Of course, of course. And as you say, usually we do start with the sales people uh, or sales engineer yeah. partnerships so that you can try to get some business first. And then, you know, you bring back some other people on board, obviously. Uh, once, you know, there's uh, money, I guess it's easier to uh, put some money on hiring, etc., like some other uh, technical aspect or marketing, etc. Yeah, that's the idea. Proof first and then we develop. Exactly, exactly. All right. So if we talk now specifically about the Spanish market, um, yeah. what's the, what is the scope today? How many customers do you have? Just so we can understand like what's the state right now of the expansion there. So yeah, we have a bit more of uh, 50 clients now in Spain, 50 core clients. Um, we had like a, um, a, a double strategy if we start, I mean, from, from the beginning of the, of the opening of that market. Um, so we had that idea to go in Spain because we believe that it was like a very good opportunity for us. Well, and actually it, it is. Um, and we, we decided to have like a, a double a strategy, if I can say it like this. The first one was to target like the big companies, the big startups, the big logos, um, the unicorn that we may have and we may found in, in Barcelona and Madrid. And then was like then to uh, start accelerating in the, into the acquisition with like uh, focusing a bit more on like small startups, scale-ups, etc. Um, so that's pretty much how we started. That was like our assumption at the beginning. And that's the strategy that we developed to, to start in the, in the market. We also like, there is like one big specificity in Spain that I think nobody in Europe have the same is that we have two big hub with Madrid and Barcelona that are pretty much equal in terms of uh, business, opportunities, startups, 
Um, and that's both like super interesting. You know, if we compare to France, there is Paris and the rest. In the in Germany, you have Berlin, and then it's very spread in the whole country. Um, you know, in Italy, it's Milan, and then the rest. So in Spain, it's very different because from Madrid is as strong as Barcelona, and Barcelona is as strong as Madrid. So the idea was like to be in both like location uh, and to target only like to to start only those two cities because they're like enough market for us uh, to start with, with with those two. Okay, very interesting. So there, are, I would say. A lot of different aspects that are important, and we're gonna try to dig into them like separately. Perhaps my first question on that, like compared to what you just said, was at the beginning you said that you decided to go to Spain. Yeah. Were there some specific reasons why you decided to go to Spain, or was it just some kind of bet? Did you base that choice on, uh, I would say, like tangible criteria? Yeah. Well. It's a mixed, actually. It's a very fun story. Um, it, it was a mix. I think it was, it was an opportunity because I'm, I'm speaking fluent. I mean, I'm very fluent in, in Spanish. Um, and we also had that, I mean, that desire to, to keep, uh, be, being abroad, uh, at spend desk level. So we, everything started like three years ago, uh, when I joined the company and I had like a, um, I mean, very clear discussion with like uh, Nicolas Marche, which was the head of sales at that time and Rodolphe Ardan, which is one of the CEO. Um, uh, with the desire to go to Spain uh, and with the ambition to, to, to be in, in the country. Then we just started like from that discussion and from like betting a little bit, like, yeah, I believe that there is like a good opportunity for us. Then we start like making a bit more of analysis to, as you said, like have some tangible, you know, like information that we can rely on um, in order to then believe like uh, create a, a strategy according to that. So the first thing was like, to push internally that Spain is a good market, Spain is a good market, we should go there, we should go there. I started like step by step by my own, you know, like prospecting a bit on the country, seeing if I, you know, can catch a fish or something like this. Uh, and then we had like a, a bet with uh, with Nicolas, who was the, the head of sales I was seeing, he, and he told me, all right, I, I bet that you, 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 you cannot go to Barcelona and, and, and book like 10 meetings. And that's, and, and that's pretty much how we started. We were like, all right, let, let's do it then. So um, uh, I booked like, uh, I think like it was like 15 meetings at that time in one week. Um, and we just, and we just went there like directly into, in, in Barcelona and just to see if like, you know, the, 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 the assumption that we had uh, was the correct one. Um, so we went there, we've met like some beautiful companies, bigger, smaller, like a, a, a lot of different companies, some, um, some of them were like super interesting and actually the, the overall feedback was like pretty interesting and we had like already like one or two clients that wanted to start with us. Uh, so then I came back to Paris and at that moment, then we started like to make some really more precisely analysis on the market. How deep is the market? How, um, uh, how we should like uh, position our product market fit? What will be the, our go to market strategy? Um, but it was more like, okay, let's bet, go over there. Let's see what's happening. And then when we came back with that positive feedback, we were like, all right, for sure, there is something to do in the market. Let's start like with some analysis. And when we have done that analysis, then it was super clear for us. We will go to Madrid and Barcelona. This is the, um, uh, the capacity of the market in those two countries, according to the um, ICP that we have, like the ideal uh, customer profile for Spendesk. Um, and everything st started from there. So, okay, great. Different things here. First, maybe just to put a little bit more context for people to understand. Can you just tell us what is this ICP today for Spendesk? What kind of companies are you actually targeting? Well, um, that's a very really good point. I mean, our ICP is pretty 
explore those spend desk. At that time, we were really, really focused on the startups company. Uh, we didn't want wanted to go to like a big enterprise traditional companies because that was something that we didn't know how to manage. Um, we knew that our our um, uh, our software were like perfect for those kind of startups, scale ups that need to have processes that do not have anything you know internally. They just like doing some spreadsheet, Excel, everything. So we just like focused on that uh, at that time. Now the product has been, I mean, developed a lot. It has been evolved a lot. So now we are like a bit more focusing on enterprise, traditional companies in order to push Spendesk in this kind of, you know, uh, structure. Uh, but at that time, it was only, the ICP was like only startups. Okay. And when you said you managed to book 15 meetings in a week, how did you proceed? Yeah. Did you just call call people? Like what was your strategy? You know, I said that between bracket, but how did you do it? Well, um, it, it's a common effort. You know, that's something that is very, I mean, important at Spendesk. You, you never do something alone. You, you try to be like very collaborative. It's a very team um, effort. And that's something very important for everything. Every opening of the market, you cannot open a market by yourself. So um, it was like fully outbound. I think maybe we, we will speak about uh, uh, the, the outbound strategy a bit later, but yeah. it was mainly outbound. So we had like a gross team internally. So we just like, started like to find some uh, uh, profile, you know, you scrap the LinkedIn uh, and then you find some contacts. And we had like, a, let's say pretty much as you say, we had like first like the outbound strategy where we just like uh, making some cold calls, sending some mails, etc. And then we made like a, a kind of a, um, gamification of the, uh, on the prospection because we were like launching, we were like sending, sorry, some emails where you will be able to generate a virtual card from Spendesk. And so when you generate the card, we give you a 50 buck that you can spend on Amazon. Uh, okay. So this was like a big launch, you know, to like, I don't know, like uh, more than 100 companies that we targeted uh, in Barcelona. And then I was doing also the outbound with the odd classic cold calling stuff. Uh, and both of them make us like having like more than 15 uh, um, meetings. Okay, perfect. So uh, just wanted to yeah, make a small parenthesis. Of course, we will deep dive into that later, but it was quite interesting to know, okay, how did you generate those 15 meetings? So you generate yeah. them, you went there, found like two customers, right? Out of basically like those um, like those meetings. So great. Then internally, obviously, people are saying, yeah, let's give it a go. So market research, market analysis, yeah. you find a strategy. And then basically that's when you start uh, going a little bit more big i would say like uh, onto the the spanish market i'm guessing yeah then after that then we were, it was like super clear for us how we should proceed in the next six months you know we were working on a six months basis so this was back in like uh, summer uh, 2019 um and so at that time we're like okay so now the strategy is pretty clear those two countries those are the kind of icps that we that we want This is the, the size of the market that we can uh, address right now. So we're going to do it in two phases. The first, the first phase will you have to go to Spain as much as you can. So the idea was like you do one or two weeks in Paris. You try to book as much meeting as you can. And then it was one week in Madrid, one week in Barcelona. And you do it again. And so the idea was like to meet our clients because Even though you have the strategy, you need to be on the on the field to understand exactly what are the different specificity. Maybe we have something that we didn't know at the time, um, and it was super important also to create that you know that relationship at the beginning with your first clients in order to uh, have more confidence, in order to understand more how they're working, in order to develop also our networks over there. Um, and so, starting from that, 
we were like, okay, so in the first six months, you may you will be alone. You will be, um, uh, I mean, handling everything from the bottom to the to, to the closing. Uh, so it was like a lot of works. Um, per, I mean, on my side, but I had also like the help, as I was saying, from Nicolas, the head of sales, the gross team was also helping me, like to kind of generate some leads with like gamification mails or, or all this kind of stuff. And we decided also to make like one event in Barcelona. Uh, because we have like a, a super nice community, which is the CFO Connect. It's um, separated from Spendesk. It's for the finance li- finance leaders. This community was already like based in Paris, in Germany, in, in the UK. So we so we were like, okay, let's do an event over there. Let's find two great speakers. So um, uh, we had like a, a one speaker from uh, from uh, Travel Perch, um, which was like our first uh, speaker for for this, and we bring like one speaker also from uh, our own company. Um, and so that was the idea. So you go over there. This is the cycle that you have to do to be in the market. To uh, every time you are in Paris, you give feedback to the product team, you give feedback to the marketing team, and you try to book more meetings in order to go ten days after again in the market. And then you put like uh, just one event also in order to kind of starting creating a, a community sense in the in the market. And we have done it in Barcelona. All right. So. How was the event? Did you manage to get a lot of people attending? Because the first ones are always a little bit tricky to yeah. make it successful, right? <laughs> yeah, it's always a bit tricky, but um, this is something that we are like v- very good at. You know, uh, this community was not new for us. It, it was created almost, I mean, uh, six months after the beginning of the, of the company. So we knew how to do that and we knew how to push, you know, like invitation and uh, to be like... Uh, Make a bit of noise, you know, on the um, uh, on on the social medias. So we partnered also this event with uh, Travel Perk, which was and still one of the most you know uh, developed uh, uh, um, startups in in Spain and based in Barcelona. So um, they help us and uh, also to have like uh, more uh, more attendees to the um, to, to the meeting. And it was three months after the first um, the first uh, time that we went over there. So I we. I and we started like to have like really good connection with some companies. So they came and they bring with them like uh, other like referrals. Uh, and so, yeah, it was quite successful because, I mean, the first idea was not to close. It was just to make noise. Like mm-hmm. we are there uh, and let's meet, you know, let's meet, let's discuss, let's discuss about financial issue. Let's discuss about how we can handle like payment at work uh, nowadays and what's it's the spend desk vision because it's very important for us. You know, you need to have a vision in order to share uh, with other what you believe uh, in order to make them join the board. So, um, yeah, that was pretty pretty good because after that, we had like a lot of different meetings and two weeks after we have, we have made, uh, we, we've made another uh, event also also in Barcelona and we have done like uh, several of them since that time. All right. Uh, and as you mentioned, that's very important to work on, I would say, a brand awareness at the beginning because we are nobody yeah. in, the, in that new country. So I do understand then the purpose and, and great if you could rely on that, I would say, a community that you already started, CFO Connect. I think that was definitely a big game changer for you as you kept doing those, those events in different countries. Like That must have been of great help for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Definitely. Amazing. So... Back then, that the that the startup community or startup scale up world was your main focus. You yeah. just said that when you started, you were the only one, and then you were working with the support of the growth team at Spendes, you know, in the headquarter. But still, it yeah. was 
limited resources. My question is, the startup and the scale-up community, it's quite defined, right? I mean, there's only so many that, that you can do. And, and Spain, it's like France, it's not indefinite, right? At some points, there's no more. So what was like, how did you guys proceed at the beginning? Was it just like a massive emailing approach and then you just started to pick up people who were answering? Like, how did you guys proceed to get those first meetings? Exactly like you said, it's a gross, you know, a gross approach. You just like start outbounding ICPs. The only thing that was hyper important for, for us at that time was like to define what are the ICPs and to contact only people that we believed will understand our vision. So that was the first work to do uh, with the gross team, with my head of sales at that time to exactly understand what are the kind of companies that we believed are going to be linked with the Spendesk vision. And so those are like the startups. As you said, at some point, there is, a, there, there is a limit, there is no more. But at that moment, it was like for us, you know, it's like it's a, it's a new, it's a, it's a notion and you, you, you need to have everything. There's a lot of fish uh, and you need to make contact with the one that you believe you will be friends with. Uh, and so um, so we, we just started like with shooting, like with Outbound. It was the main uh, strategy for us. Plus, like some automatization, with, thanks to the thanks to the growth team. But yeah, it was very traditional. Like, I know what are the different companies that I want to work with to start. There is the two strategy because automatization was the second part of the strategy was like for more like more smaller startups, and it was like a lot of personalization on my outbound approach to the bigger class, scale up. I can name like some few of them, like Fever, Glovo, Litech, those kind of companies that are like very important that are like very based in the market and that we wanted, we had that desire to work with them. Just to go back to what you just said, when you said that there was this automated approach, logical with smaller uh, companies or so smaller startups, and yeah. you had you know, a more personalized approach. Can you touch upon that yeah. real quick? How personalized was your touch points? Well, uh, on those companies, you, you target like a specific person that you want to have a discussion with. And if they are not answering, you keep trying and trying again and again. And if they're not, then you try another person. You know, you, we are like kind of making a kind of list, you know, that this the, this is the top one we want to discuss with in that company. If he's not answering or not available, we're going to try this person. And if he's not or she's not available, we're going to try this person. And the, personali the personalization was more like on a, on a personal approach. Like, all right, so you're the CFO of this company. Uh, I mean, you, you do some research on the LinkedIn profile, on the company profile try to understand what's the vision of the company and we're like, okay, we are linked because we had this and this in common. Those are like the two, three points that we are in common, whether from you as a person, as a CFO, because we believe that, as you said, on your LinkedIn profile, you want to digitalize uh, the, the stuff, you were like, you, you implemented like uh, tools. So I believe that we should discuss. So on the mail, on the core mail, or even on the call call, the approach was very different because it was not like a common message that we sent to everybody, but it was very specific to according to your company, your industry, uh, according to your position at the company, we believe that we can bring values and that we, sh we should have, have a meeting or, or a conversation. So that was the main personalization. It was very focused on first on the persona that you're targeting and second, uh, the company that you're targeting. And was it very manual? Did you do it everything one by one basis or did you sort of half automated the sequence after? No, everything was manual, you know, um, because it was like very identified like companies. So okay. we didn't want it like to, to have like some automatization on that part. We already had like automatization, which was bringing me like 
about like four meetings every time I was going into the country, four to five meetings, which was like pretty good. And for the others, we wanted like to be, uh, to, to have like a very, very good messaging uh, and to do not have like some kind of automatization, even though the automatization was good, huh? but this one, like we, we had like a specific approach to them. Okay. And how many, I would say, accounts did you have that you said, okay, those ones I really want to focus my time on, on the personal one-to-one -one approach? Yeah. I, when we started, we are doing that by quarters. So every quarters we are defining, we started by defining like a list of, I don't know, like a, 30 companies that we wanted. And then by quarter, we were targeting like 10 of them. Uh, okay. And then we kept like uh, adding uh, adding and adding. So yeah, by quarter, we decide, okay, those are the 10 ones that we want to have at least one conversation with them into the quarter. And we actually managed like to convert like a lot of them. And since that time, there are still like a uh, clients uh, for, for us. And we have right now like a, one of an, an amazing partnership because it, we help them you know, like implementing like new processes, having like a more fluent like uh, process internally, but they also like help us a lot uh, because then we, we are like, you know, it's kind of a um, brand trust, you know, like we're working with them. So if we work with them, then you should work with us. And it was much more easier then. Okay. Okay. So definitely album was the way to go for you. And as you said, you like each quarter, you had 10 focus accounts where you really went on a more personal approach on them and the rest was more uh, automated. Exactly, and on those, like the, the the results can could be like a bit different. Like a conversation with them was was really good, you know. When where for the the the, the automatization like uh, that we are doing with the cross with the cross team, we wanted like to close them, you know, like okay. close them as as a client. With the others, of course, the final uh, you know the the, fi the the final point is like to have them as a client and to bring revenues and stuff. But the first part was like okay. We want to have a discussion with those scale-ups company because we believe that those scale-ups company have been living the same growth that we have at Spendesk. We're sharing the same vision. So it was super important for us as a company to understand how they have done it and then to understand, we, thanks to them, what are like the real specificity of the market, of the Spanish market. And, and, and it was like so insightful because then I was like coming back with so many information that I didn't know about. And what you're saying, it's very true, generally speaking, of any country openings efforts at the beginning, because the market is not mature, we tend to put yeah. some KPIs, so key performance indicators that are a little bit different that, than what you would do in a mature market. So more around the number of um, meetings that we can book, for instance, or the number of conversations we can have, because it's all about understanding at the beginning. And at the more you move to the mature face, the more it looks like uh, the number of qualified sales opportunities, etc., etc., which is uh, so completely uh, understand your point. Totally. And what can be also very interesting is that, so you said that you were also calling, right? You, so you were using like the, yeah. like the call call as a tool in your cross-channel efforts to have conversations, to book meetings. Could you tell us a little bit more about what was your approach? Maybe you, uh, maybe not the, the exact script, you know, but like how you approached your prospect on the phone, basically, to make them interested in actually getting that conversation started. Well, um, it's like, you know, like calling, you have like so many strategy and tips and way to do like a, to do like a cold calling. Um, for us, we, we started with the assumption that what we are doing in French, in Germany and the UK should be working at the same in Spain. 
you know, it's, if I take like a, a really example, we started like the Spanish market at the same moment as we like uh, launched like the, the US market. It was like totally different because Spain is still in the Europe. So we believe that they were working like pretty much as the other countries that we had in opposite with the, with, with the, with the US, which was like, which the, the pitch was like totally different. Uh, and, and so for us in the Spanish market, the, 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 we decided like to have like a kind of a script, you know, to, um, first like explain what we are doing, what are the vision of Spendesk and what are the benefits that you can, pro- that, that you can have, uh, thanks to, thanks to Spendesk. And then, you know, it's like the calculating, calculating is like 98%. It's no, but the two other percents like, uh, give you like so many information. Um, and, and are like the most important one. So it was like a really classic cold calling every day. I had like a kind of two hours of, of cold calling, even when I was in Spain. Um, and so the idea was like, all right, so it's related to the cadence that we had. So I never call like someone that I never reached before as a mail. So I reached them by mail. Then I kind I kind of jump with my cold calling with the, to the mail that I was sending before. All right. So I send you this mail. So we are launching the, the, the Spanish market. Uh, we believe that your company can be a good fit because we do that, that, that with companies that are like yours in Europe, you know, and we bring that kind of, of, of added value. We bring that kind of ARI. Um, is that something that can sound interesting for you? Should, should we discuss about? And that's what's pretty much our approach. Okay. So am I correct if I say that your approach was quite salesy because it sounds like you are basically pitching them when sometimes yeah. some approach are more around asking questions, trying to probe a little bit the prospect before getting into the classical pitch, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely that, you know, because the cold calling was mainly focused on like, uh, on like the, the, the big acquisition market. So linked with what we are doing with the cross team. So the growth team were like automating a lot of mails. And in these sequences of mails, we had like steps of cold calling. The cold calling for like the, the logos, as we call them, you know, the biggest company was a bit different. Then it was, we want to have a discussion. We are launching the market. We are Spendesk. We are a fintech company based in French, uh, based in France, sorry. We already have like the, this market, this market. We're already working with these kind of companies and, and it's, all one bigger market, you know, it's all the European market, which pretty much the same stuff. So it's like, now we want to be uh, uh, in, in Spain and we need you. We need your information. And I mean, for, for most of them, it was also super interesting because you're like, I need your uh, uh, insights. I need your expertise to also bring mine and to adapt mine to your country. So I'm bringing values to the country. Uh, and I believe that you can help me uh, to do that. And it was like super good. I mean, because the, the feedback were like pretty positive because when you do that, it's more like a one-on-one expertise conversation. I bring value, you bring your values, and then we can have like a, a very interesting conversation on how we should attack the market. What are the specificity that we have to take in account for the product team, for the marketing team? So this was like, it's like every everything separating like the strategy between the logos and the automatization. Automatization was very sexy. The other one was like to uh, understand a bit more of the market in order to be even more safety after. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So that's really how like you really managed to get like those two sides of your strategy to not put uh, all your yeah. eggs on the same basket. And at the same time, understanding on what side and I guess trying to make it even more relevant, you know, on the more like volume approach. Yeah. It was like uh, one was a really qualitative approach and the other one was a qualitative, but more quantity approach, you know? 
Okay. And from the work that you've done so far, do you have some, I would say, um, tips or really good ideas based on your campaign some, or based on some stuff that you found out, you know, when you're cold called that you, that you think really work on the Spanish market and perhaps you can share with us? On the cold call? Cold call or even like some type of sequences that really worked well for you guys. Of course, everyone has a different target persona, a different market, but just, you know, some stuff that really worked well that you think, oh, maybe I should share it with the, with the audience because this could uh, be helpful for anyone. Yeah. One of the big stuff for us was like to say that we are coming to the country. So I will be in Barcelona in two weeks. I will be in, Ma in Madrid in two weeks. Let's have a chat. And this was like super quick for us to have meetings because then you show that um, apart from like the desire to go into the market, you're making, you're putting effort to go there. You will be in the, you will be in the, in the city. So we should have the discussion. And at the beginning, even though we had like that strategy, we didn't like push it a lot, but since at the moment where we push that into the cadences, then the, then the, the, the results were like getting higher and higher and we had like more and more and more um, meetings in the country. So, Do not hesitate to go into uh, on the markets. I think that's one of the most important thing, things to do. You cannot open a market if you stay in, in your offices abroad. It, it, it's just impossible. You, you're going to lose time. Uh, it will be much more difficult. You, you need to understand. You need to meet your clients. You need to discuss with them. You need to understand what are the, 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 the difficulties that they are facing, the, the pains if there is like other competitors, even though apart from the you know from, from the researches that you have done, it's super interesting and insightful to hear, to hear it from Uh, from your client quick example in spain barcelona is part of catalonia you know so uh, it's also a specificity that you need to understand that you may need to adapt it, it can adapt also your uh, hiring strategy you may believe that you need to have like some people from catalonia that may serve the the region even even better that's those are like kind of small like you know like uh, information that you, that you can't miss that you can miss very very easily if you're not on the market So yeah, and to go back to the original question of the sequences, for us it's like to have at least like 10 point nine touch points in the first 10 or, or or 15 days. So the touch points are like very can be very different: LinkedIn, mail, cold calling, uh, and even like uh, some letters. You know, the old good letters ah, that you nice. are sending. Okay. That's that. That was also very interesting because um, it, it's super powerful because nobody's doing that anymore. Nobody's mm -hmm. sending letters. Uh, and so when you send the letters with um, uh, uh, handwriting like a message, uh, kind of a virtual card or kind of a, of a small gift, you know, it's it, it's also um, it's also pretty interesting. I, I I wasn't like it was like one idea that we had at the beginning. I wasn't like super confident on that, but when the results came back, we were like, all right. That it's not scalable, of course, but it's it's still it's still quite interesting to do. It, so it's not scalable, but maybe on those accounts that you really really want to talk to or focus on, this could be yeah. a, a great idea. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm very happy to hear like one example of how it worked because I kept hearing about how it's good to do it, but you know, it's always you don't know if it's just like a trend that's gonna be going on again or if those if some people are actually having success doing it. So it's yeah. it's, it's it's nice to hear it. And okay, great. Perhaps to give a little bit of context as of the full picture, uh, I know that it wasn't just a straight line for the Spanish market, like you posed it a little bit. So perhaps if you could tell us a little bit about the story, about like the different steps, I would say, of what happened and how big the team was each time, because I think it's quite interesting uh, for us to understand this journey. Yeah, so... Um... 
the beginning was like just me and Nicolas, I would say. He was the head of sales. So we were like working together closely. I was doing the trip. I was meeting the clients. Um, and then he was also like trying to push with his network. Like he was having like a very good conver- uh, I mean, uh, uh, relation with, uh, with Travel Perk, for, for example. So I was like focusing on meeting the client, understanding the market. And he was more like focusing on partnerships, how we can do with like bigger clients or like bigger like partner in order to generate more leads and, and all of this kind of stuff. So we started like together like uh, for five months pretty much. Uh, then I started hiring. Uh, and so we had the, uh, the, the, the goal to have like two videos, um, at the office, two videos and one CSM in order to handle the different clients that we have. So the, the CSM is the customer success manager is the one who was onboarding our clients. And, uh, also he was also like uh, coming with us to a lot of meetings in order to also understand what are the specificity of the market, uh, and so on and so on. Um, so, uh, we started like five months alone. Then we started like creating the team. So it was a, a small team of four people. And we started like then, then just uh, step by step uh, uh, from that. But it's always a quarter objective. So this quarter, we want to have like two videos. Then we want to have like three videos. Then we may need like someone for marketing. And we kept going and so on and so on. Okay. And uh, how long did that take you to reach to those 50 clients that you have today? Um, well, it was, I mean, we had a, uh, pretty much one year in order to have like the first 30 to 40 clients. Okay. Approx- approximately. Then we have a big, then we had a big stop thanks to the COVID. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult for us like to have uh, more clients. Uh, we stepped back a little bit on the, on the, on the, on the expansion of the new markets, the US and Spain. So we are like heavily impacted at the beginning, uh, with, with, uh, with that COVID, let's say during like six to seven months, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, it took us like 30, uh, approximately one year to have like 30 clients and then we just like keep uh, growing and growing and growing. Okay. Amazing. So yeah, so you were a little bit impacted, but it was just a pause and then you resumed. And now how big is the team right now for the Spanish market? So just we're launching everything uh, right now. So the idea is like to be at the end uh, of the year, um, three account executive, five videos, uh, and uh, maybe one person from the marketing team. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Great. I mean, it's, it's always a journey, especially when you're impacted, right. By ex- external events that, that, that's what happened. That's also part of the game. So happy to uh, see that you guys are back in the game in the Spanish market because you saw some good growth for the first year. Uh, therefore you do want to double down on this and, and keep growing there. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of nice yeah. to uh, understand that. And perhaps now let's go to the last section of our interview today, which is the oops, my bad time. Whoops. My bad. So for those who tune in the first time, it's uh, a few minutes at the end of every interview where the guest shares a setback or a big mistake that has occurred during the country's opening mission so far, so that hopefully learners cannot repeat the same, right? So, Anas, do you have maybe an example for us to share today? Well, we did everything great, so I don't think... <laughs> no, I'm uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> and uh, of course, we have done a lot of mistakes, uh, that, that, that's for sure. Um... I think I, I, I spoke like earlier about the events that we are doing. That was the only um, uh, thing that we are doing with the marketing team. And I think that was a mistake. Uh, we didn't involve enough the marketing team at the beginning. And that was a big mistake because, I mean, you cannot also launch a country if you're not making a lot of noise with the marketing team. If the marketing team does not help you also, like, you know, to create contents, uh, to create, uh, you, you know, like... Um, um, uh, advertising, you know, on social media uh, uh, and all of the stuff. 
um, and and I, I believe that this was this was a, a big mistake because um, we had like good traction since day one. Uh, the, the the events were like amazingly uh, like uh, well uh, uh, organized, but we didn't went like further. We didn't uh, make like big more steps with the marketing team, uh, and it was and it, and it was I believe like uh, one of the biggest mistakes because you need to have like someone from marketing who is totally dedicated to your market. So you need to have a content marketer. Um, so for, for instance, it's, it's one example. You can have like, a, of course, more, but a content marketer, it's also super important because you need to bring that person with you to the meetings because so they can hear from the clients what are the feedback. So you can have a discussion about what's the best content that you can publish, that you can share with the, with the market. And I think that is something that we are not, a lot of companies are not doing that because as we were seeing at the early, early beginning of the interview is that first you do sales. First, you need to prove that there is an attraction on the market. But once you have proved that, you need to be super quick on the, uh, on, uh, then on the, on the marketing side. So that's, that's for me, I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that we have done. It's, But we're getting back on that. Yeah, I mean, I think this resonates and we resonate with a lot, especially a lot of startups and scale-ups because you want to mitigate risk at the beginning. While unfortunately, especially if you want to rely on inbound, you need to build that brand awareness from the get-go because the more you wait, the more you just postpone the, the time where inbounds are, are going to come in. And we actually did uh, an episode on that just a little bit before you uh, on how... Can you involve marketing sooner and how you can minimize the budget dedicated to that if you don't want to spend a lot, but still preparing the next phase yeah. of it? So 100% agree with you. And unfortunately, it's not something very easy to, I would say, like uh, try and do it, you know, from the get-go. So great lesson learned there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And as you said, I mean, if you want to um, um, to To, to accelerate on the acquisition, you need to have the inbound because the outbound is it, it's, it's amazing. It's very good. I'm personally a big fan of, of the outbound approach, but it cuts money. It costs money because you need people to do that. Uh, and, and instead of like doing like a lot of uh, full outbound, you can like earn a lot of time. You can save time by doing a more uh, marketing approach in order to generate more inbound leads. And inbound leads are... Um, by definition, uh, 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 more like easy, let's say, to close uh, because they came to you, they're interested. So they have like a first steps of the, you know, like uh, uh, they're, they're doing the first steps uh, for, for you. So yeah, that's definitely something that it's coming to a lot of companies, I, I, I guess, uh, but it was our main mistake. We have done a lot, huh? uh, of course, <laughs> as you can guess. But you uh, have to choose. But, but, yeah, but if I have to choose, I would say, I would say this one. We have done a lot of good things. But as uh, 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 we have also done a lot of a lot of mistakes, but you, you need to learn from this mistake. If I can exactly. finish with that, you, you need to learn from the mistake. Do not avoid mistakes. You have to do them. If you if you are not doing mistakes, that you're not taking enough risk. So you have to make mistakes. You have to uh, have assumption that you uh, have the ability to 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 destroy if they are not true and to create new ones. You know, uh, and and that's something very very important. So do not be afraid of doing mistakes. Because it, with those mistakes that you then will be like way more prepared and way more structured to go and to, and to develop even more the, 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 the country. Exactly. And it's going through this iteration process that really helps you 
choose the best strategy in the end. But as you said, you have to go through validating or invalidating those hypotheses at the beginning. Otherwise, it, it won't work. Thank you so much. And as that was a great example, and I will link on the episode's uh, description section, the link back to the marketing episode, because I think it really resonates with what you said. But thank you for your time and all your insights. I think it was very exciting to understand like how you did to open the Spanish market. And hopefully this could help as well, like other people starting their, their journey there. And I guess I just have to tell you until next time. Yeah, thank you very much, Stephen. It was a pleasure also having this conversation. Uh, and uh, have, a, have a really good day and, uh, uh, and uh, wish you a lot of flex with uh, this uh, new uh, format. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> See you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next one. And please share it with two people in your network. This is how this podcast gets more visibility and can help more of us to work on international markets. See you soon.